Welcome, everyone, to another week of Ramban on the Torah. Um, same problems in Israel as always, and we'll learn to fix them, and and a refuah shlema for everyone who needs one. Okay, um, big week of Ramban's on Shmos, but let's start with the Ramban's Hakdama for Sefer Shmos. The Ramban, of course, wrote a Hakdama, an introduction to each of the Chumashim. Um, he didn't really write one for Bracious. The one he wrote for Bracious is really for Kala Tarkula. It's worth doing when you get a chance. But the one for Shmos kind of summarizes quickly Bracious and then talks about Shmos. It's not that long. Says the Raman. Right? Bracious is the book of creation. Now, the obvious question, which we, I think we discussed once before, but we'll touch on again now, is okay. Book of Creation, that's part of, say, that's part of Parshas Bereshis. What about the rest of the book? Says the Raman, Ubimikrei ha'avot kulam shehem ki'inyan yitzira lizaram. Right, key line. Says the Raman, no, it's sefer ha'yitzira, not just because the world was created, but because the avot, ma'asavot yitzira labanim. All of their actions and all of their lives were creating a future for Klal Yisrael. So that's why it's safe Yitzchak. Okay, all of it is telling us the future, which is also why it's important that the Ramban at the end, that last week, pointed out that the Avot, they're on their own. Right? The Shvatim didn't get buried in Marat HaMachbelah. Marat HaMachbelah is for the fathers of the, of the nation, right? Abraham Lincoln may have been a great president, but he wasn't the father of the nation. He just historically didn't live then. Okay. Now comes the Sefer of the Galut and the Gula, which is a direct result of all the things that had happened in Sefer Breshit. Right, Shmos is the exile and the redemption from it. Right, all this to get to the point. Why does Shmos start with a list of the Yordei Mitzrayim? We already had the list in Sefer Bracious. He says, no. If you want the book to be self-contained, if you want it to be a book of the, the Galut and the Geula, you need to start with the Galut, right? All the great explanations, and they're lovely, and the Madrashim, and Rashis, and whatever, they're all great, but says the Ramah, you don't need any of them. Now, the problem is, says the Ramban, wait, so when does the, the, the Galut end? When they return to their place. Now, if you're looking at, you know, leaving Mitzrayim, so then the Sefer should end at Bishalach. So what's going on? So they're on a very important point. So you read the Sefer should end Ad Yom Shuvam El Mikomam Vel Malat Avotam Yashuvu. Ukishi Yatsumi Mitzrayim Afal Pishe Yatsumi Beit Avadim Adain Yashuvu Golim Kihayu Be'eretz Lola Hem Nuvuchim Bamidbar. Right? They got out of Mitzrayim and they sang Shira Sayam. And where are they? There are millions of people in the desert. No place to go. No one knows where to go. No one knows what the story is. That's not the Geula. However, says the Ramban, 
ועשו המשכן. ושב הקדוש ברוך הוא והשרה שכינתו ביניהם. But when they got to Har Sinai and they got the Torah and they built the Mishkan, which for the Ramban happened right then, אז שבו אל מעלת אבותם, שהוסוד אלוקה עלי אהליהם. Says the Ramban. At that moment, physically it's true, they didn't get to Eretz Yisrael yet. But in that moment, they took up the position, the mantle, they became representatives of Shechina on this earth. Vehem heim ha-merkava. Okay, maybe a bit Kabbalistic, but literally, they are the people who are carrying HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name and his reputation is reflected in Klau Yisrael. That's what happens at Har Sinai. At that moment, they are spiritually redeemed. It's true, physically they're not redeemed yet. But at that moment, when they take up the mantle of being being the people who, in whom HaKadosh Baruch is reflected in this world, they are redeemed. That's why the Sefer ends with the return of the Shechina, right? The Mishkan is the means. They build a Mishkan at Har Sinai. That's the means for God to return to Klal Yisrael. And at the very end of the Sefer, the Pasuk says, Ki anan Hashem al ha-mishkan yomam Says the Raman, that's the Geula. When God returns, when the Shechina returns to Klal Yisrael in some semi-permanent way, meaning the Mishkan wasn't intended to be permanent, but you could then go and see God whenever you wanted. It was a gift that God gave to Klal Yisrael. Therefore, says the Raman, the Sefer HaGeula, the Sefer HaGalut, begins with the list of the Yordei Mitzrayim, even though we know the names and we know the number because it was done in Sefer Bracious, but it needs to be part of the Sefer HaGalut, and the Sefer HaGeula, the second part of the Sefer HaGalut is the Geula, ends with the building of the Mishkan and the return of the Shechina, because that's when you know that Klal Yisrael has returned to God's good graces and has returned to the status and the role of the Avot. Okay, let's keep going. Obviously, the story is the story, right? There's a very evil king. And what happens? The king speaks to the people. There's a lot of Paro talking to Mitzrayim. Okay, and the Pasuk says, Vayomer elamo, hinei am b'nei Yisrael rava atzumimanu, hava nitcha kemalo, let's be smarter than them, pen yirbev hayaki tikrena milchama v'nosaf kamu al-soneinu v'nilcham banu v'olam in ha'aretz. Okay, so the Ramban wants to know, what's the chachma, hava nitcha kemalo? Okay, we're going to be so, so smart. And the Ramban really, like a tour de force, tells us the history of anti-Semitism. And what happened in Mitzrayim happened in Nazi Germany. Maybe it's happening again now. I don't want to take a position on that. I don't really know. Says Right? Why doesn't this power kill them now? So he says, no, they don't decide to kill them. He says, you can't just kill innocent people. It doesn't work that way. The street, the regular Egyptians would rebel. 
right? We were invited by Paro, and now the next Paro is going to kill us. The street won't allow that. So what does he do? Right? Paro's going to do it in a, in, a, in a tricky way. So Bnei Israel won't realize that one, life is getting worse for them. And two, the Egyptians will become accustomed to recognizing that the Jews are the source of all of their evils. First thing he did was impose a tax on the Jews. Why? It's not unusual. Shlomo HaMelech also taxed foreigners. So he did that first. Then he tells the midwives to kill all the male children. Where if it works well, even the mothers who are giving birth don't know. They're in great pain. You know, the midwife takes a child, kills it, and says, okay, your, your child was a stillborn. Okay, so now he's also, <coughs> sorry, he's also generating hatred for the Jews. Atem. You, the people. He didn't want to order the soldiers to do it. That the soldiers should throw them in the, in the Nile. Right? That would be a problem. That would be recognized by all. They'd be condemned by the UN. If they want to. If you hate Jews, if you recognize that Jews are doing all these evil things to our country, you have my permission to throw them into the Nile. Now, Now, let's say the father complains or the mother complains, you killed my son. Okay, bring witnesses and we'll deal with it. Obviously, they're never going to. Obviously, the Egyptians are, are supportive of this but they have complete deniability. Right? Then the Egyptians started going into houses and looking for Jewish children to kill them. That's how Paro turned public opinion against the Jews. Right? It very much, at least part of this, you know, sounds like Kristallnacht, sounds like things that the Nazis did. But maybe again, there are parallels going on now. Paro is basically putting the power of the state at the disposal of those who hate Jews, but with complete deniability. Until, of course, you know, there's no need to deny. Until you've made these people into the, the, the worst people in the world, and then, of course, you treat them that way. It, it's a painful reminder of how it went, but it's a genius insight of the Ramban that Havanit Chakmalo is a, is a program, an institutionalized program of, of anti-Semitism. Okay, um, now, just a fascinating Ramban. It really shows the Ramban's you know, sort of, you know, insights into, or psychological insights. It's not really tied into anything significant. Says the Torah in Perak Bet Halacha Bet, I'm sorry, Perak Bet Pasuch Bet, right? They get married. Okay, and she sees 
that the child is, is special. And so she hides him. Says the Ramban, Yadua, ki kol hanashim ohavot et b'nehem, yafim v'sheinam yafim. Right? Every mother loves their infant child, whether they're beautiful or not beautiful. Every mother thinks their child is the most beautiful and the smartest and the greatest one ever. Why does it have to say Every mother would hide their child. Every mother loves their child and thinks their child is the you know, insert you know Jewish jokes here. But every child thinks that every mother thinks their child is gifted. So says Raman, you know, why does it have to say that? He says, Aval. No, no, no. She saw something really, really unique about him. And she was convinced that because he was so special, a miracle would take place. So she thought of all kinds of plans to make it work. They were all Medrashim. We're not going to read the whole Ramban. They were all Medrashim about, you know, Miriam had been Mitnabat that Moshe would be, that her mother would give birth to Moshe and Shal Yisrael, whether she saw the Shekhinah or whatever. Says the Ramban, no, Yocheved didn't just see Moshe Rabbeinu as a cute baby. Yocheved saw something really, really, you know, unique about Moshe's birth, and therefore the Torah points that out, and she tried to save him. Okay. Now, let's go on a tiny bit. Now we come to um, Moshe's exile and his time in, in, in Midian. And the Torah here has an, a unique description of the time. Says the Torah, Vayhi bayamim harabim hahem. And the Ramban wants to know, what is this strange phrase, bayamim harabim hahem? And it gives the Ramban a chance to talk about something extremely significant, which I don't think we spend enough time focusing on. Says the Ramban, I'm picking up in the middle. What is bayamim harabim hahem? It's not acharat varim ha'ela. What does it mean? Says the Raman, Ulufi da'ati, Kitam ha'katuv hazeh, Yirmoz al hayamim shahayam Moshe borech mipnei paro. Says the Raman, Vayhi bayamim harabim ha'im refers to this extended period of time when Moshe was on the run from paro. And he'll explain. Ki be'emet binurav barach. When Moshe ran away from paro, he was a kid. And here the, the, the ages really matter. The simple pshat is it means when Moshe grew up. Right, Moshe grew up. They told him, his mother told him, his sister told him, it's hard to know who, that he was really Jewish. And he wanted to see how Egypt was really treating the Jews. On that day, he killed the Egyptian who was beating a Jew. The second day already, people told on Moshe, and he had to run away. Says the Raman. That's when Moshe was 12. There's also a medrash that supports this. But says the Raman, he was 12 years old. As the medrash says. I'll call upon him, even if you're going to say, okay, he didn't grow up at the age of 12. I'll call upon him. He was less than 20. Okay, why does this matter? Here's the point. 
But when he stood in front of Paro, we know that date, right? He was 80 years old, and that's how 40 years in the Midbar makes him 120 at the end of that period of time. He was 80. It means for 60 years, he was running away from Paro, or a minimum of 60 years, maybe 68 years, right? And we'll come back to that, because as we all know, that 68 years of radio silence, meaning the Torah has nothing to tell us about that period of time. How do I know that? Says the Ramban. The way I see it, says the Ramban, he didn't leave Egypt and run directly to Midian, like the movie has it, you know, and, be, and, meet, Mary, and meet Zipporah at the well. And No, says the Ramban, he ran away. When HaKadosh Baruch appears to him at the snare, he only has one son. Says the Raman, the Torah doesn't tell you anything about those 60 plus years because nothing happened. Now, I just want to point this out. It can't be that nothing happened. And the Raman says this, but there's no period of time that's more hidden from us, the readers of, of Torah, obviously, and that we want more to understand, right? Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest human being who ever lived. When Moshe Rabbeinu left Mitzrayim, and I, I, don't, I say this with great respect, he wasn't yet the greatest person who ever lived. There's a development with Moshe Rabbeinu. And more than anything, we, you know, the, the people who, who love Moshe Rabbeinu, who love HaKadosh Baruch, who, who the readers of the Torah, we want to know what happened. But it's not reported on the Torah. Much like I, and probably you once I tell you this, want to know how it is that Avram Avinu met HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how Avram Avinu came to recognize the first monotheist ever. Torah doesn't tell us. And I think the Ramban is hinting at in both places, and the, the idea for us is that if the Torah told us how Moshe Rabbeinu became Moshe Rabbeinu, if the Torah told us how Avram Avinu became Avram Avinu, that would be the one and only one way to do it. But since there's more than one way, the Torah intentionally hides from us what happened during those 60 years. Okay, we don't have time to go into all of it. Rav Moshe Lechzin wrote a sefer on this. It's called Seer Vitzon. It has some, some title in English as well. It's translated into English basically speculating about, okay, what was Moshe doing during the 60 years? There are Madrashim, right? He was the king of Ethiopia and all these different things. But the point is, the Torah makes a conscious decision not to tell us. And I think, at least, the Torah's decision not to tell us is because there should not be one and only one way to recognize and come to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, so says the Ramban, Moshe has to hide for 60 years. Says, if you're running away from the king, the most powerful person in the world, you're not going to run to the next city and hide there and live there for 60 years. You'll go from place to place, you know, anonymously, 
to distant lands. Moshe Rabbeinu spent, I don't know, you know, 58 years running away from Paro. Then eventually, after 58 years, I'm making that up specifically, that, that specific number, he comes to Midian. He's less nervous now. How, you know, it's so many years later. How much can Paro be chasing after him? And he lives there. Vizet Tam, a great diuk, Vayeshev Be'eretz Midian. Ki ra'ui hayashe yomar, Vayelech al Eretz Midian. Right? If he left Mitzrayim and went to Midian, it would have said Vayelech al Eretz Midian, not Vayeshev. Aval Ramaz shelo yashav be'ir, ad besov shabal al Eretz Midian, v'sham yashav. The Torah is hinting, he didn't really live any place till he came to Midian. And we pnei shehiz kirakato b'richato, because the Torah wanted to get to the bottom line, it sounds like everything happened immediately. He left Mitzrayim, the next day he came to the well, he met Zipporah, he married her, they had children, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw him. But no, it took 60 years. Therefore it says, Coming back to the point, that this period of time and the stories that are about to appear took place over an extended period of time. Okay, quick insight. What is so special about the death of the Melech Mitzrayim? Why were the Jews so sad when the Melech Mitzrayim died? They should have hated Paro. The Raman has an insight which very much reminds me of the Viktor Frankl, you know, a man's search for meaning, his, his take on the psychology of human beings. Says the Raman, Valder hapshat minhag kol haneevadim laadon blial rasha, shiyu mitzapim umichakim liyomoto. Generally speaking, right, people would be waiting for Paro to die. They should have, been, they should have made a kiddish when Paro died. However, Says Raman, it's true, they wanted Paro to die. But when the next Paro took his place, and he was worse and more sadistic and more evil, the Jews lost hope. They completely lost hope. Because they saw things were getting worse, not better, right? Viktor Frankl's point in his book is that people set up a date, you know, I'm going to get out of Auschwitz by Pesach. And then when nothing good happens at Pesach time, they give up hope. The Ramban's idea here is B'nai Yisrael literally gave up hope, which feeds in nicely to this idea that they weren't even crying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard their tefillos even though their tefillos weren't to him. I think the Rav says, is like an animal's cry. But God chose to interpret it as a tefillah, and he answered the tefillah. How did he answer the tefillah? He called Moshe to the snah. Okay, now, this is not the main point of the snah, but this, this relates to the point we made before. Moshe comes, and the, the malach cries out, don't come any closer. Okay, this is God, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's 
first encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And says the Ramban, you know, who, who really understood these things, Lo At this point, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't yet Moshe Rabbeinu. Obviously, he'd grown over the 60 years, but he wasn't yet Moshe Rabbeinu. How does he know it? Right? At Harsina, he went all the way up to the top, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And here the Malach is warning him from getting closer. More than that. Right? He was afraid, says the Ramban. He had never met HaKadosh Baruch Hu before. This was the beginning. The Medrash has a frame that Moshe was Tiron Binivuah. He was a trainee in prophecy. He became who he became, but at this point he wasn't. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, we don't really think of biblical figures, and it's to our detriment that we don't, as developing. Right? We think of Avram as being Avram at the end of his days, and Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and, Yo- and all these people. But the Ramban points out from time to time, and particularly with respect to Moshe Rabbeinu, no, he, he grew. Over time, he became something, right? He wasn't that way when he was 20, and he wasn't that way yet when he was 80. His relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to go through a whole process, and it started here, where at first, he's afraid, he's afraid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's overwhelmed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as all of us would be. Eventually, he becomes the Moshe Rabbeinu, who becomes pe'el pe'adaber bo bitmunot. Okay, so that's an, important, uh, that's an important insight. Now, let's see what we have time for. Go to Pasuk Yudchet. We're still at the Sna. The Sna takes a long, long time. And the Pasuk says, Vishama'ulikolacha. They're going to listen to you. HaKadosh Baruch tells Moshe, they're going to listen to you. How does HaKadosh Baruch know? What's the secret? Why is it that they're going to listen to him now? And they li- maybe they didn't listen to people before. Vishamu lekolecha says the Ramban me'alehen mikevan shetomar lohem lashon zeh miyad yishmu lekolecha. Right? Pakod yifkod elokim etchem. When you use that language, those magic words, says the Ramban, they're going to believe you. Shekfar siman zem masur biadam yakov miyosef. Because they already know from Yaakov and Yosef that that's the Lashon of the Gula. Etc. That's Rashi. And the Ramban more or less agrees. However, the greatness of the Ramban, a common sense question, and all of you would have thought of it also. Right? And I think when the Ramban does common sense questions, he often uses the phrase, Everybody should ask this question. What's the proof? Maybe Moshe heard that the Geul is going to come with the words of Pakod Yifkod, like every single other person in Klai Yisrael heard. What kind of proof is it that Moshe is the authentic Moshe Yanshel Yisrael, if everybody knew it? etc. etc. So says the Ramban, the answer is as follows. He quotes a Medrash. 
בין שתי מעשרי נתלש משה מבית אביו. למה? Why did Moshe have to go away when he was 12? It's going to tie all this together. If he grew up in his father's house and he told them, Right? No, he heard it from his father. It doesn't make him the authentic Moshe on Shal Yisrael. But since he went away at the age of 12 and he only came back at the age of 80, And he didn't grow up in his father's house, says the Ramban. When Moshe tells them, Pakod Yifkod, he must have heard it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because he was away all those years. He never heard it from his parents. He wasn't part of the Mesorah. And therefore, it was proof of the authenticity of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, so we saw a number of, probably more than the usual number of Rambans today. We saw the Hakdama, that the Sefer Agula ends when HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes, you know, lives in the Mishkan and chooses to be part of Kla Yisrael, who are a reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Shechina. Havanit Chakmalo, Paro giving a master lesson in anti-Semitism and how you can turn people against the Jews and how you can do things that are not, at least they don't appear to be state-supported and you don't have to worry about people criticizing you. Tzipora, loving Moshe. I, all mothers love their kids. All mothers think their kids are the most beautiful, wonderful, cutest things in the world. No, it was more than that. She saw something, Kitovhu, she saw something in Moshe that made her believe that he would survive even being put in the, in the, in the Nile. What does it mean? It's talking about the extended period of time that Moshe was away from Klal Yisrael, 60 plus years, which the Torah does not describe. A big, big discussion in Parshanim. Why doesn't the Torah tell us anything? The Ramban says nothing significant happened. But then the Ramban gives it away. When he says, that when Moshe goes to the Sinai, he wasn't yet Moshe Rabbeinu and Moshe had to grow. The Ramban acknowledges Moshe Rabbeinu, like every other human being, although probably much better than every other human being, grew from the experience from being away, from seeing Klal Yisrael. You know, there are many, many books and many articles that deal with it. And the last Ramban that we didn't get to do today is Shlachna Biyati Shlachna. Ramban says, literally, Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, any other person in the world would be more worthwhile and, and, and more appropriate to send as the Shliach Hashem, not me. Why, says the Ramban? That's why Moshe was Anav Mikal Adam Asher Pnei Adama. Yashkach to everybody. Have a great, great week and a great Shabbos and I'll see you next week. Thank you.